Hello, and thank you for joining me. That was Imagine Dragons. This is, I think I already just said that, this is Jade and I am Jody. sorry. Uh, tonight's a little bit of a nervous podcast, solo podcast. Um, gosh, sometimes I wish I could restart these as easily as I start them, but um, it's not that way. So let me just try to catch everyone up on alcoholic number two and where that situation lies. Um, I, if anyone was listening to the prior podcast, I thought that he was at the hospital having his fourth heart attack. Uh, come to find out he was there for detox. Um, when I explained that to him, he flipped out and uh, said he wasn't going to stay. I got fed up with his with his refusal to get care and left. And he walked out of the hospital after me, but walked the opposite direction. Um, So I left and I went to my friend Nick's house where I stayed and talked with him, recorded the podcast, obviously. Um, Came home about 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night on Saturday night, uh, February, let me see if I can place this right, February, 16th, 2019, uh, about 11 o'clock at night, I came home to my apartment. I opened the door. It was not locked. When I walked in, there was smoke everywhere. Kind of like a hazy smoke, though. It wasn't like I imagined fire smoke to be. It was hazy smoke all throughout my apartment. And I couldn't quite identify the smell. And at first I thought, you know, oh, was he in here like having a smoke fest? Like, what the fuck? And then I I realized that I can hear something burning on my stove. And I run to the stove, and there's a pan there with, I don't know what had been in it. There's no flames, but there's smoke just literally pouring everywhere. So I grab the pan, throw it under, hot, throw it under cold water. I'm running to take it outside to put it on my deck. And I open up the sliding glass door, throw, put the pan down on the concrete balcony, open the door, I turn around, and he's laying on the floor. His body is literally laying on the floor underneath all of the smoke. And so I try to shake him. I try to wake him, um, try to get any sign of life out of him. And I'm getting nothing, nothing but a heavy, heavy body. And I lean down and put my fingers on his neck. I'm poking his jugular, trying to feel, trying to feel a pulse, trying to feel anything. Okay. And I, and I can't feel anything. And I kind of poke a little hard on purpose, and I poked kind of into his throat, and I, I thought that I felt him swallow. And so I thought, oh my God, okay, he's, he's alive. So I get on the phone, and I call 911. Um, I'm running around opening the one door that I have, opening the second window, which is the only windows that I have in this apartment, turning on all the fans. There's smoke just everywhere. I call 911. They send over police. The police come over. Um, initially, male police officer, you know, where is he, where is he? Big, tall guy with a big fucking flashlight. And uh, I point to where alcoholic two is lying on the floor. And I said, I couldn't get him to wake up. And the officer goes to look down and there's a footrest, little chair stool thingy that had been lying next to him. And on that was a big open pocket knife that I hadn't originally seen. Uh, The police officer picks that up and moves it over to the kitchen table. 
gets down on his hands and knees and starts shaking alcoholic number two and shining his flashlight in his eyes. And I, I finally see his eyes like open, right? So I'm like, thank God he's fucking alive. So a female officer comes at that time and she hauls me outside to talk to her. And the next thing I know, there are three officers carrying alcoholic two out by his arms and legs. And I freaked out. I said, look, you guys, hey, he had his third heart attack two weeks ago. Tonight he was in the hospital for what I thought was another heart attack. Like, you need to be careful with him. And the officers just dropped him right on the concrete. Just dropped him. And I turned to the female officer and I said, I'm sorry. I've just, I've seen too many videos that you guys tase guys and kill them. And I just don't. Yeah. So they're trying to get him conscious, trying to get him how much did he drink, blah, blah, blah. Now this is the same guy who told me in the emergency room he had had nothing to drink. Okay. Nothing to drink. Um, they are searching the apartment, you know, looking for more sources of fire, looking for drugs, I imagine, whatever. There are very few times that I'm comfortable having people search my place, my belongings, my things, and this was not one of them, but I really didn't have a choice. At least I, I felt that I had nothing to hide. So um, they get him to blow, they get him conscious enough and awake enough that they get him to blow into their thing, and he blows a .359. If anyone knows the legal limit in which you are considered too drunk to drive in the state of Colorado is a .08, and he was at a .359. That, for most of us, is dead. That is That would kill us. That is alcohol poisoning. So... Come to find out, this guy had to have been drinking like a fucking fish every day and lying to me about it. Like, there's no way that you can have a .359 and not have worked up to that shit, if you know what I mean. And the police officers come out of my house after figuring out there's nothing burning, you know, um, uh, that there's nothing burning. Sorry, I'm currently trying to cover the smell of burnt stuff. And uh, <clears throat> they determine nothing's burning. There are no signs of anything. But then I hear the officer say, she says to me, so uh, the uh, fire department says that they found evidence of a hypodermic needle in your bathroom, and they believe that he may have been shooting up heroin. And I... Uh, just kind of lost my shit. Like, holy fuck. I have never been around a heroin user. I do not know what that looks like. I honestly, and I, I've told this to anyone I've talked to this about, I just thought that he was a little bit dumb. You know, that he just wasn't very interesting, that he didn't have much to talk about, that he wasn't very smart. But maybe he was doped up all the fucking time, and I just didn't know. I mean, I, I didn't love this guy anyway. I, I knew there was no future there. This was very much a, at the right time kind of thing where, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he benefited from it, but I know that he essentially helped me keep my place. But then he almost burned it down. And that night, even though I had to work the next morning, that night I stayed up and packed every item of clothing, every blanket, every sock, everything that he ever brought into this apartment. I packed all of that shit up. And the next day, I took it over to his mom's. 
And I told her, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm done. And she says, well, I told him that I'm done. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but you are the mom. I don't have, I don't, I have no responsibility towards this young man. And I, I can't waste any more of my time. I can't give, I can't give any more. I'm sorry, this is, this has to be done. So that is the end of Alcoholic 2 Saga, I do believe. Um, I realized the other night talking to my very, very good friend um, that I had forgotten to get his dishes out of my cupboard. So guess what I'm furiously doing now? <laughs> as well as trying to figure out a way to cover up the horrible smell from the smoke. Um, I don't know, maybe i got to get some candles. I've tried matches. I've tried, I cleaned it. I, I yeah, I guess I, maybe I need to go at it with some Clorox, ble Clorox bleach. Something like that. So, again, I am living on my own. And I'm, you know, I am super fucking stoked about this because I know how much I need this. I was so miserable having him here. That was just so unauthentic. And it felt bad. And it was bad. And it's over. And I am so glad. <laughs> God, I'm such a cornball. But uh, I... I I had a really awesome night last night with a friend that I seems like I see less often than I realize, which means probably only once or twice a year, and that's just not enough because I love this girl dearly. And she had never heard of a podcast. And we've been friends for years, and I don't know how she didn't know that I had one, but she seemed quite shocked and amused that I did have one. And uh, she's got a lovely daughter, and the two of them have had some amazing experiences, been through some very harrowing times and tragic events, and they are still beautiful and strong to this day, and I plan to have them on here, and I've actually got permission. I've spoken to them, and yeah, I, I think that we can make this happen, folks, so you don't just have to listen to me. You don't just have to listen to me and Nick, and uh, just give some more, more of the reason that I wanted to do this podcast, which is uh, to help, help me mostly, but to help people share their stories and learn how they've healed and how they've come out better and um, try to learn from that. Just share their stories with other people because life is tough. Life is shitty. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be hard. But anything that we can do to lighten each other's loads or even help someone smile once in a while that was really kind of the purpose that I saw be behind this podcast. And I, it hasn't been that way as of great, as of late. Jesus, Jody. <laughs> hasn't been that way as of late, but I will work on that. I've always looking to improve. So uh, send out love to my brother Brian, who was snowboarding in Japan and broke his femur bone. Clean through, clean break, ladies and gentlemen, clean break. He is in a Japanese hospital out there. He is not coming along as well as one would expect because he doesn't like rice or sushi, and he's in Japan. So difficult finding something to help Brian eat so he can regain his energy and start getting better. But sounds like he should be home within the week, within a week, I believe, which is pretty amazing. I'm sorry, bro. I hear that hurts like hell. I miss you. I'm glad that you're in safe hands, and I can't wait till you're home safe. 
Um, shout out to my son, Kettner, in Los Angeles. Kettner and Taylor, I love you guys. Uh, you guys are amazing. I miss you. I miss you much. Kyler out in Utah. Uh, you probably didn't want me to say your name, but tough cookies. Um, I miss you, son. I know you're doing great at school. Um, I need to quit saying, um, uh, saw Colby today. Got to see my grandson, Eli. I love that little man. Things are still tough between me and Savannah. She refuses to look at me or acknowledge me. It's kind of like she's my sister. I don't, I don't know. The feeling is, you know, very, very similar. So uh, hopefully sometime down the road we will be able to repair things because I do love her and care about her. I just have weird ways of showing it. And my daughter Avery, doing great in school, love her so much. It would please me to no ends if I could get her on this podcast, but she is much too shy and says she doesn't have anything to say anyway. So just a short, quick catch-up, guys. Uh, Jody's on her own again. Jody's doing well. I've got a job that is should be coming to fruition very shortly that I've been working very hard at. I am now a licensed producer in Colorado for life insurance and uh, should be going out and making some sales calls. So it's going to be something new for me, something very brand new. It's going to require me to work my ass off, and that scares me to death. I think I've said that before, but I feel like I can do it, and i got to find out. So... Anyone out there wishing good things for me, please do so now. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Jaded, and I am Jody.